0: Hey guys, it's looking like a winter wonderland here at Key's Vineyard. I'm just kidding, it, it's still hot. It's, what is it, 81 degrees? Hey, I wanted to show you guys, if you're watching online, the deck that we're building. We have lots of cool plans for this. It's going to be our fellowship hall. It's a fellowship deck. My father-in-law is in the back. I don't know if that's OSHA approved or not. We're just going to ignore putting the ladder on that. Hey, few quick announcements. Christmas Eve. It's coming up, it's this... Uh Friday. Can you believe it? I had double tech in my brain. It is Friday. This Friday, we're doing three candlelight services 4 30, 6, 7 30. You can be in person. You can watch online. Uh, you're going to want to be a part of that. It's going to be a great service. We always have so much fun. It's such a blessed time. So please join us for that. We'd love to see you in person. This weekend, though, for our in person guests, uh, we have this new ornament. It's got our Keys Vineyards spice logo that's can do you want me to zoom in he's zooming in it's red set it's the logo you probably saw it on the led walls uh, this weekend in person you can get one of these on your way into church really really cool uh, those are the announcements in the new year we're gonna have lots of cool stuff coming up download the app uh, make sure you get your filling notes on your phone and uh hey it's christmas time in big pine key let's get ready for church Woo!
1: All right, good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. Here we go. So glad you're here. We're celebrating Jesus and all that that means. Got some great Christmas music in the worship time, and uh, it's been wonderful. And then I'll be in John chapter 1, and we're talking about love today, part of our Advent series. All right, here we go.
2: Good morning.
0: It is a good morning. It is. It was love... it was snowing yesterday when I did the announcement. Oh, yeah, Very, very snowing. brief. In the
2: Florida Keys.
0: Just over the deck there.
2: <laughs> Your special little snow cloud.
0: It was still 82 degrees when it happened. Mm,
2: yeah. That's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you guys are enjoying some coffee, some tall towels from my husband. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys what we'll be attempting to do this morning, in case you didn't know. We're going to start things off with communion, and Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a minute. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We're really enjoying our Christmas hymns and us all singing together. So, looking forward to doing that with you. After worship, Pastor Gina will come up and lead the kids through a Bible verse, and then we'll dismiss them off to Sunday school, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We're in the Advent uh, theme of love today. Before we jump into any of that... Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? And, Papa, would you settle your peace on us this morning? We love your presence. God, help us to remember that in this season that gets so busy. The true reason is experiencing your peace thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives and Papa we invite your presence deeper help us to draw closer to you and we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect raise up your great power Lord and come among us to save us because through our sins and wickedness, we are severely hindered in running the race that is set before us. May your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Chaplain Duck.
3: On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen?
0: Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices. If you're joining us online, please participate. makes a big difference when you do. But when we're here now, uh, it's always so much fun when we sing these songs together. And, you know, they're Christmassy songs. That's what you do, right? You sing Christmas songs together. We'll see words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. This is Angels We Have Heard on High. You are so worthy of our praise, God. We adore you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, that you are Emmanuel, our God with us, always with us. And, Lord, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord, God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you holy spirit i'd ask that you'd anoint those working with our children god give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them you are so good god we love you and we thank you and it's in jesus name i pray amen and amen and pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach these children a bible verse
4: Good morning, everyone. Hi. Okay, so who remembers what the most important book in the whole entire world is? Bible. Very good. The Bible, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I did hear you. Good. So we are still going on about Moses. And God and him setting his people free from Egypt, right? And now we see that God has told, hi, God has told Moses to take his people towards the Red Sea and camp there. And it's beautiful because God is with them in a cloud by day and fire by night. So he's always with his people, always guiding them. But he knows that the Egyptians are going to come, right? But he has a plan to keep his people safe. And when the Israelites, I like that. Well, when the Israelites see that the Egyptians are coming, oh my goodness, they get so afraid and they think we should have stayed in Egypt, right? But Moses tells him this, which is our Bible verse for today from Exodus fourteen thirteen. It says that Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. And then God told Moses to s- stretch out His hand over the sea, and do you know what happened? Wait. Yes, the sea separated, making, the, mm-hmm.
5: whatever
6: they're
4: called, uh-huh. Israelites. Yes, very, no, Egyptians. Cool. Yes and that awesome call cool. like, yeah and then
5: the water came out
4: and then they were they survived and then the war collapsed over the Egyptians Excellent job did you guys hear that that was so good good yes I read Bible. you read the Bible I have, so good me too. Nice, I love that. So see, guys, they got to the other side, and when they got to the other side, they, so, they were so thankful that they sang a song, and some of the words that they sang was this, God is my strength, and he is my, my song. He has saved us, and you know what? Jesus saves us, too. Did you know that? Yeah, Jesus saves us, So." T- you guys ready to do the Bible verse with me? Okay, so you guys all will repeat after me. I will say it first and then you guys. Okay, ready? Exodus fourteen thirteen. Exodus, Exodus fourteen thirteen. Good job. And Mo- and Moses said to the people and Moses said to the people, fear not. Fear not. Stand not. firm, stand firm. And, see and see the salvation of the Lord. Which he will work for you today, for the, for the
6: Egyptians,
4: whom you see today, who you see today, you shall never, you shall never. Okay, see again, see again. Excellent job, guys. Good.
1: Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him.
4: Oh, good. Okay, Ms. Cameron's coming with the other stickers. Okay, guys. Good. All right. So while she's doing that, we're going to talk to Jesus. Okay. You guys ready? So let's close our eyes and just think about Jesus. All right. Okay. Lord, we are so grateful, God, that so you just love us so much, Father. That you did the impossible, Lord God. You did the hardest thing you could ever do, Lord God. That you died for our sins, Lord God. So that you took the punishment upon you, Lord God, that we deserve. And I pray that the little ones, Father, will worship you, Lord God, all the days of their lives, Lord God. Knowing how much you gave up for them. Because you love them so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Have
1: fun. There was a definite overflow of cuteness up here going on. I love watching all the interactions. Welcome to the vineyard. So glad to have you here with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Glad to have you with us as well. If you're a first-time guest, uh, let's see. There we go. That code is up there for you. If you put your, uh, if you pointed your smart device with the camera on at that, it would make a link pop up on your phone. And if you followed the link, you'd be in our digital connect card. And it would ask you for your name and your phone number and your email address. And if you filled that out for us over the next four, five, six weeks, you'll get a few emails and a few texts. We would love for you to do that. And we have a gift for you first time. guests if you didn't get it on the way in, see guest services on the way out. And they will give you a little gift from us. Speaking of gifts, uh, we have a gift for every family. Uh, You may have seen the red ornament popping up uh, as part of our logo and stuff. We made these for you. They're out there on the way out. Grab one, uh, one per family unit, please, and uh, put these up and check them out. It's all good. So they're very cool, actually. I like it. A gift for all of you out there. Also, we're praying For our neighbors, it's something I've really asked you to do, you know, as you walk by and drive by, whatever, just be praying for the people in the houses all around you. And so let's uh, corporately pray for them now. So just kind of think about your neighbors for a moment, and let's go to Papa. Lord, um, we ask again that you would move into the hearts and lives of our neighbors and draw them to you. And God, that you would help us to love our neighbors well, because we know that's near to your heart. And Papa, bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep praying. Things happen when you pray. And you'll—I've uh, already seen an increase in opportunities to talk to neighbors and see them show up. All those things. I know it's because we focus in on those things, and God does that. Also, that um, for the last couple of months, this little slide had been about the app but we shifted a little because you've done pretty well. A lot of you downloaded the app. I would encourage you if you haven't to get it. But now what that is is remind me to talk to you about that and That code will take you to the fill-in notes and... Uh I would really like for you to fill in the notes as you go. And so it's all digital now. And if you scanned, again, pointed your device at it, whatever it might be, boom, the notes are going to pop up. Place for you to fill in things, write things. And then at the end, you email them to yourself and you got them to look over, uh, as they go. And so that code is going to show up from now on in the corner of the screens. So at any point in time, boom. So you don't have to rush to get it in the beginning. It'll just be there and anytime you feel like it or, if you hear something, you go, "Oh, I should write that down. Boom. And there you go. And you'll have it. All right. Well, we're going to be in uh, our series. We're, we're doing an Advent series today. I want to talk about love. The main themes of Advent are hope, joy, peace and love. And one, one of the things I love about this, that, you know, the historical church does a good job at this is to is to focus us in on the bigger story. And so they would take the four weeks running up to Christmas and they would have these themes as a part of it to get everybody ready, to get everybody's hearts ready for for Jesus' arrival, and for what it means, and uh, to begin to celebrate his return, right? And so the the church would gear up for that, and that was the push to Christmas. And then Christmas, there's these 12 days that happen afterwards, after Christmas, the 12 days of Christmas. And then the church would have a, you know, they move into Epiphany and all those things, and start gearing up for the next big part of the story, which is Easter. And that's kind of the flow of the church. And then it goes a little bit longer, and uh, gets to Pentecost, and then it kind of gets ready for the arrival again and getting it going all over again. But there's, there was something about setting up the calendar that way that kept people thinking about the story. And that's what we all need to be doing. We need to be thinking about the story. The Christmas story is a part of the bigger story. Um, you can, you know, in the Christmas story are all the elements of the bigger story as well, which I love about the scripture doing that all the time. But there's just something that keeps drawing us to uh, the events and to what happened and to the love of God uh, for us. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about love with you. Um, Alice and I, we tend to watch some uh, particular Christmas movies every year. Do You guys have that thing, you know? And we have a number of them that we watch. We have some funny ones that we like to watch. We have some, you know, some older ones that we like to watch. Uh, and, uh, we, we kind of do those on the run up and it's always fun and does all those things. One of the movies that we watch every year is White Christmas. And, uh, it's a great movie. You know, and they say, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Now they're wondering, how long is he going to sing? <laughs> but the movie, and, and that, particular song is the best-selling single of all time. Nothing is even close to it. Over hundred million copies. Think about that. That's pretty amazing. So the movie um, is a love story. That's that's, I think, why we like it so much. And if you think it's about love of a commanding officer and it's about love between friends and love between sisters and uh, love between a man and a woman and the love of music and dance and all those things, it's a big love story. And so we're drawn to that. Well, Christmas is a love story. Christmas, the Christmas story is about the love of God pursuing you so that you can be reconciled in relationship to him. That's at the, at the heart of this whole story and why it's such an important part of everything that's going on. And so I want to talk about love today with you. And uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into John 1 in a moment with Alice. But let me do the bad jokes. These are very bad. I'm so, so thrilled. The first satellite asks the second satellite, what do you do? And the second light, uh, satellite says, I transmit signals for NASA. How about you? What do you do? And the first satellite says, I transmit radio signals to cars. And the second satellite says, Are you serious?
6: <laughs>
1: right there, okay. Right there. Okay. Now my wife wants me to stop there because she's heard these already. But I'm not. I'm pressing on, Real quick. Bad dad Christmas jokes. What do you call a reindeer that can swim? Rudolphin. What do you call an elf party? A little get together. Lastly, what did the gingerbread man say when he saw his new house? That's sweet. Okay, Alice, my love, please come. Pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word.
5: We do love White Christmas, don't we? Yes. I love the outfit. Do you want me to sing it again? No. (laughs) He did that one Christmas. He sang it on stage, the whole thing. It was really nice when he did it. But he had the ladies in their red dresses and the sisters. Anyway, okay. Let's (laughs) press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us, our humble, precious King, came to give us life. And Father, I pray today, on this day in Advent, we would know you more. Father, we would learn more of your love, and because of your great love for us, we would be people that don't just talk about love, but do love. Bless this day, in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? This is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. full of grace and truth. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated.
1: Did I get a nose print on your glasses just then? It felt like I did. <laughs> so, that passage, Alice and I were talking about this passage last night after church. Um, it's, and I know I say this about every passage I read. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites because, I, I'm serious, the, we read the first 14 verses. The first 18 verses of John chapter 1 is known as a prologue of the Gospel of John. You could literally spend hours and days and weeks just hanging out in that passage of scripture because of the depth of it and that the the more that you dive into it the bigger it gets and it's amazing you know i think about the the writers of the gospel you know inspired by holy spirit but still these guys were these these folks were brilliant right and and they were god was giving them insight and they were putting things together and john writes this prologue to what he's about to talk about and it's it's just it's he makes sure he wants you to grab into the entire story. And so in those short verses he pulls in Genesis, uh in the beginning. We'll talk about that more. And he pulls in the Exodus story. And he's he's letting people know, listen, the the Jesus story, the Christmas story, everything that's happening is happening is a part of that bigger story, but it's an important part. So that they would see how it all begins to work together and where it's heading. And and that's what we need to continue to do. The the Christmas story uh represents the bigger story, but also draws us into the bigger story. And it's just amazing how it happens and what it does. So it it really starts out by connecting us with the idea about who Jesus is, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. Uh, And that this is something that we grasp. It it takes what happened and makes it even more magnificent that God himself would come in the simple and humble way that he came and, and that he would live the life that he lived. And it connects us back in the in the very beginning with what was going on. And you guys, if you've been coming for a while, you've heard me talk about this repeatedly so that you know the story. But when he starts out in the beginning, what everybody that's reading it is going to think of that knows the Hebrew Scriptures is Genesis 1. In the beginning. In the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so he's tying it into that. But he's tying it even in a in a deeper way than that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, think back to the creation story, what was happening, you know, I always tell you you got, first you got the picture, right? God, God created the heavens and the earth. You have that going on and the spirit hovering over the waters and then God speaks the word and brings order into chaos. And there you have the picture of father, son, and Holy Spirit, everybody in operation there in the very beginning. What are they building? They're building a cosmic temple, the, the, the. Eden was a a picture of a temple built in a certain way and and that on the last day of that creative thing that was happening, God puts an image in the temple and that's us. And his heart was to this planet. His heart was on this planet that he would dwell with us, partner with us, and that we would just forever move into this planet and do amazing things with him. That's what the story started like. And God wants to do that. God wants to partner with us. It's the heart of God. He made us for that very reason. And so that's sort of the... The bigger picture and and John is saying, listen, remember all these things that happened and what's going on in this big picture. Well and then, you know, you guys know the story is that we didn't we didn't want to do it God's way. That's a big problem. Guess whose way we want to do it? Our way. And that that caused a big problem. And so this, this whole thing that God had intended, where he makes us his image, and he's going to partner with us, and we're going to make a difference on the planet, and God's going to work through us. You know, when you read the scripture, you know, what you find out when God's doing things, he's almost always doing it in partnership with people. Read the scripture. That was the intention. Even this whole picture of Jesus coming fully God, fully man. It's, it's this demonstration of God moving in certain ways. And that was what he wanted to do, but we wanted to go our own way, and so we, we blow that whole thing up. And the temple, the picture of that original sort of cosmic temple was it was a place where heaven and earth met. And that's big. Whenever you read temple, tabernacle, it's heaven and earth. And the the people of Israel, when they thought of temple, it wasn't just a place where they went, oh well, it was an actual place where heaven and earth met. That's what it was supposed to, that's what it looked like. And so we we blew that up in the beginning and, and after the fall there was no place where heaven and earth met. And yet... God then shows up and and John does a good job. He's going to bring in the Exodus story. And, and the Exodus story, if you remember, God makes a way to rescue and deliver his people from slavery and bondage. And he brings them up out of Egypt with a deliverer and leads them into the promised land. And, and starts things up again. And then he says, listen, I love you so much. I want to hang out with you. And so make a, ta- a tabernacle, this tent, this very ornate tent. Make this tent. And when it's done, I'm going to come and I'm going to show up. And there'll be a place again where heaven and earth meet. Sure enough, that happened at Tabernacle. So cool. And then... We move a little further along in history, and they build the temple, and the presence of God shows up there, too. That's an actual place. There was a place on earth where heaven and earth met, and that was in the temple. Now, things were different. Access was different because of the fall, but there was a place, right? And then the people of Israel start doing things their own way, and eventually uh, enemies come in, and they destroy the temple, uh, and the people of God are taken into exile, and there's no place, again, where heaven and earth meet. And then around five hundred BC the people get out of exile and begin to rebuild the temple, but the presence of God doesn't come. And then there's like this four hundred year period where there's not even you know, things happening. There's no we don't have scripture for that time. Things are happening, but not in the way that they once did. That everything is different. There's this heightened darkness and evil over the world. Until when? Well, until this guy shows up, this crazy dressed locust eating guy, who starts saying, Get ready. And repenting, you know, tell people to repent, and then who arrives on the scene? But Jesus, mm-hmm. in this amazing way, fully God, fully man, he arrives on the scene. And and so Jesus is our Exodus story. He's going to be the one who makes a way for us to be delivered from the slavery and bondage of sin. And he's going to take all that on himself. And the word becomes flesh. This is this is the amazing thing. And makes his dwelling among us. And I... That the word dwelling there, it's, it's, I don't, I know why they decided to translate it that way, but it actually means he, he pitched his tent, he he tabernacled among us. It's this picture that you're supposed to see that he's coming in this same heaven and earth way. And then he even says, he says, you know, I'm the temple, right? Tear it down, I'll put it back. And so he's letting us know. He's the heaven and earth connection. Fully God, fully man. He's that point that that we needed to see. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory and the idea of glory is is a temple thing. It's the glory and the presence of God. We've seen it. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So you have all these amazing things that that are happening and that are tying the story together. And we see who Jesus is and that he's the one that spoke it all in. And that he's come and and he's come to make a difference because we've all sort of messed up and gone our own way. And he wants to be reconciled to us. And so he pursues us. I love this about God. That God pursues us. He loves us that much. That that from from the time of the fall... And, and before, he's always pursued. He just wants to be in relationship with people. And even though we have gone our own way and told God we want to do it our way instead of his way, over and over and over and over, I can't say over enough, he loves us and pursues us and wants to be reconciled to us. It's just the heart of God and how he wants to do things. And so he pursues us on this journey. And, 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 and the scripture says, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. The, the creator came to his creation. Why? Why, why did he take conflict? Why did he do all these things? Because this is the heart of God. It says he came to his own, that was us, and he wants us to be reconciled, to be the children of God. And, and so that's the heart of God, and, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to make that a possibility for all of us. Now I want to read you this story. Uh, it's not going to show up, so you're going to have to listen to me. It's by, uh, the story's actually by Soren Kierkegaard, uh, a Danish theologian. Y- you've probably heard Kierkegaard mentioned because people like to quote him, because he said a lot of really cool things. Yeah. But he wrote this story. A prince wanted to find a maiden suitable to be his queen. And one day, while running an errand in the local village for his father, he passed through a poor section. And as he glanced out the window of the carriage, his eyes fell upon a beautiful peasant maiden. And during the ensuing days, he often passed by the young lady and soon fell in love. But he had a problem. How would he seek her hand? He could order her to marry him. But even a prince wants his bride to marry him freely and voluntarily and not through coercion. He could put on his most splendid uniform and drive up to her front door in a carriage drawn by six horses. But if he did this, he would never be certain that the maiden loved him or was simply overwhelmed with all of the splendor. The prince came up with another solution. He would give up his kingly robe. He moved into the village, entering not with a crown, but in the garb of a peasant. He lived among the people, shared their interests and concerns, and talked their language. And in time, the maiden grew to love him for who he was, and because he had first loved her. See, that's... uh, simple way of presenting what jesus did for us how much he loves us what he's come to do so he came in a way so that we could understand him he could have come in lots of ways god could have shown up in all sorts of ways but he came to come in a way so that we could understand him and not be afraid of him or intimidated by him he came into the world the same way all of us have which is fascinating to me and and not even you know i mean in in the Most difficult of circumstances, right? Born into a a, a dirty, you know, barn uh, with everything else going on. No room for this king. All the things that were happening that we know of in our story. And yet he comes because he loves us and because he wants us to understand him. Paul says in Philippians 2, 6 through 9, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used, Love And you think about God reaching to us. And I'm, I'm so glad that, that he did this and we understand it. See, the, the reality is that, that God is beyond my reach. And so what God does is is he lets me know that I'm not beyond his reach. And he came down so that he was reachable. See, that's the heart of it. That God, the, the, the birth of Jesus brought the infinite God within the reach of finite man. That's so amazing in this story. And I love that about him, how he he just continues to to pursue us and to make a way for us because he loves us. And he meets us. I love this, that he meets us where we are. This is a huge thing about the heart of God. At the point of our need is where he meets us. In, In the last two weeks when we talked, we talked about two groups of people on purpose, the shepherds and the wise men. And I said to you things about them that that you need to understand about. And this is a picture of God meeting us where we are, knowing what we need. He meets the shepherds. And at this point in history, like I told you, the shepherds were outcasts uh, of the the Jewish society. They were not highly regarded any longer. And Jesus meets them where they are and says, come, I want you to I want you to be reconciled to me. I want you to come and be a part of everything that's happening. And then with the wise men, even, even, you know, cooler is he reaches outside of the, the people of Israel and he goes to the Gentiles, the, the Babylonian wise men were Gentiles and he says, you guys too, come on, this story is for everybody. I want everybody to be reconciled to God. That's at the heart of what's happening and he meets us where we are and he knows what we need. See, we were all in darkness. I said that in the beginning, that this period in history was so, that's how you would have, it was dark, it was evil, it was everywhere, it, was, it seemed like it was quiet, like God wasn't speaking any longer, what was going on? And, and it's just sort of evil all being drawn into one spot, because when the light shows up, it's going to change everything. And we were lost, trapped in darkness. And what we needed was a light. So how does he come? In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. He shines his light into the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Has not overcome it. Will not overcome it. Cannot overcome it. The true light is in the world. Drawing people Back to relationship with God. The true light is saying, listen, you're, you're all a broken mess. Everybody has gone in their own way. But I'm here so that you can have life. And I want you to come back to me. See, that's at the heart of it. So he's come and made a way for us to be reconciled to God. To experience the kind of life we were called to. And he also comes and he deals with... Our sin. See, every time we've done our own thing, that's that's the idea of sin. And the sin has separated us from the love of God. It's a problem, and we can't fix it. You can't just fix that by starting to be good. Because you... you I shall say something. I'm not exactly sure what as I wander up here, but now I'm poised to say something. See, all of us have... Done things that we shouldn't have throughout the course of our lives. We've had things done to us that should have never happened. All that's in this big mess pile that's going on. And, and we might try really hard to do the right thing. And that's good. There's, I know a lot of good people. Keep it up. But I don't know any perfect people. And perfect is kind of the standard. And once you're not perfect, there's this separation that happens from a perfect God. It's a big problem. But the story, the Christmas story is how God moves into it. He's making a way for us to be reconciled. He's going to take care of all that sin. Now, people say, well, this guy, you, you say God's a loving God, but how can a loving God allow all this mess in the world? I can barely stand to watch the news. How can... And here's, here's the depth of the love of God. I want you to ponder this and think about this. See, he loves us so much. Like that little story from Kierkegaard that I read you. He doesn't want to force you that there's no options. That you, you get to choose. He wants people to choose to love him. And so what he does is he gave us all that ability to make choices. Think about what a huge deal that was for God. That, that you, He's going to make, let you, his creation, choose. What you want, what you don't want, all those things. It's because he loves you that much and he wants you to be able to choose for yourself. And all of us have made some horrific choices on the way that have all sorts of consequences. And one of them is it separated us from God, but he's pursuing us. Yeah. Now, here's what I think about. And I want you to consider this about how big the love of God is. See, God could really only do that. Give you the opportunity to make choices. Knowing that there would be bad choices made and there would be consequences from those choices. But he could only do that if he was willing to come and pay for all those consequences himself. See, it it takes the depth of the love of God to another level when you realize that he's going to pay the price for all of it. And he does that at the cross. That's the Easter story. But it's significant in what happens. And so he comes to be able to do that. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He's going to make a way so that all the mess that we've done, not going to keep us separated from God, but can be reconciled to God through him. See, he knows exactly what we need. And that's at the Christmas story. And that's at the heart of us. He's, he's wooing us. He's pursuing us. It's a, it's a rescue story. Because the heart of God has never changed. He wants to partner with us as his image bearers to make a difference in the planet forever. That's the heart of God. And he's made a way. Even though we've gone our own way so many times. Here's a way. And he says, listen, you come. I want to be with you. And to all who received him. To those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. That's what's going on in the Christmas story. It's the most amazing story that there is. He, he wants us to know him, to be restored to him, and to live with him forever in this amazing relationship that was on his mind from the beginning of the story. I love the faithfulness of God. And I just want you to consider him and his love for you this week. I want you to consider. You know, a lot of people struggle at Christmas because of, of, you know, it was difficult times. But listen, my encouragement would be, if, if that's you, I want you to push that aside. And I want you to realize that what is really all about is how, how much God loves you and that you matter to him. That he came, he would have come just for you. Don't go, oh, it's for everybody. He would have come if it was just for you. He would have done what he did because he loves you. You have this great value in, in the heart and the mind and the eyes of God. And he wants you to be reconciled to him in relationship with him. That's at the heart of the Christmas story. So just really ponder that this week as you give gifts and, or don't give gifts or whatever. you know yeah, All those things that are happening. But know that, that he was our gift and it's the best gift ever. And he did it just for you. Amen. Amen. Ministry team, those in the room, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over there, wall here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Alice, my love, why don't you come up and we'll press into the Lord and, uh, we'll just see if He's got anything for us. Before we close today, pop up. Your love is so amazing that there's just not enough words to describe it and and the more that we press into it the bigger it gets and we press in and the bigger it gets and we press in and the bigger it gets and it is so amazing And my prayer, God, my my heart would be today for each person, for each one of us, that we would be able to allow in some measure a glimpse of what it means to be loved by you and how that changes everything. And it, and it may be so intense that we can't take it all in, and we just take in little chunks. But that that we would just begin to drink in little chunk after little chunk, and take in little little bit more and a little bit more. That we, that we would know that we're your we're your kids, and you love us with this amazing love. And God that. That in that knowledge, we would be changed forever.
5: God is so good. Amen. Just have a couple things I feel like the Lord wants me to share with you. And um, the first one is I see some reconciliation going on between a mother and a daughter. And um, it's a broken relationship right now. And I saw the mom putting a puzzle together and she's got it all done, but there's one missing, one piece. How frustrating. And then the daughter comes in and puts the puzzle piece there and it all fits together. So if that if you have a daughter and there's some estrangement, I feel like the Lord's gonna move in that. And as Steve said, we do watch Christmas movies. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen, I'm sure you have, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. But uh, the, the Island of Misfits Toys, when I was a kid, I couldn't watch that without my heart just going into my stomach. Because I knew that I was a misfit toy. When I, it, it just would break my heart. And I never could get beyond that until I really came to the Lord. And I feel like I'm not the only one that identifies with the misfit toys. But if that's how you feel, like, like you don't fit, the Lord said, I call you Israel. I call you my beloved because you know you're broken my light can shine through you so find your hope and life in there enjoy your families this week leading up to christmas and eat those cookies
1: well i just you made some christmas cookies but but i have to be they're, they're pretty much alice's christmas cookies <laughs>
5: I don't need a whole bunch of cookies. True. He's taking care of me. He can have as many as he wants.
1: Now they're going, uh-oh, it's okay. That's not a problem. <laughs> she made some cookies last night. I, they were so good. And I didn't eat two when I came home, I promise. That, you know, that, that picture is it, it, so good because... Misfit, to, that's the church, right? That's us. We're, we get it. That's why we're here. We're, we're the broken misfit toys. God loves, picks up. And it's just so amazing. And so there's, there's life in that. This amazing story starts by knowing Jesus. And, and so he's inviting us into his story. How do, how do we respond to the invitation? Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? You believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done that, do it today. Absolutely the best decision you will ever make. Jesus Will you be my Lord and Savior? Church, thanks again for your amazing generosity. We love partnering with you on this uh, this mission that God has given all of us to make a difference here. And so thankful for your faithfulness to your giving. And uh, let's sing doxology. And I think it's going to rain, children. And then we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Have a great Christmas. These doors will be open for you. Head out this way. Don't forget to get your Christmas ornament on the way out. We will see you Friday for uh, candlelight services. Okay, don't forget. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. And have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, just the love of God is amazing. Peace next week. Mm. And enjoy Christmas cookies. That's
5: right. Are we streaming our candlelight services?
1: We are. Yes. Yeah, so Freddy. get
5: your candles gathered at home and your Christmas cookies. Yes. Of which you are allowed to All eat. All the what I want. <laughs> Bye, everybody.
6: Love you guys.